We have a live Rise to Meet You podcast recording in London, May 30th at the Vauxhall Comedy Club. Patrons get free tickets or discounted tickets depending on your tier. So shout out to our Rise Emperor patrons, Chen Youzhe, Gabriella, Kerry and Sujie. Thank you so much for your support. If you like the podcast, take a screenshot right now and share it to your Instagram stories. And now, on with the show. I don't hate men, okay? I really don't. <laughs> and part of the reason why I don't hate men is because they do hilarious shit like this. All the events that happen in their lives are just excuses to hire a stripper. That's so funny. <laughs> That's Welcome to another episode of Rise to Meet You, a comedy podcast about Asian culture. I'm your host, Nigel Ung. And I'm your co-host, Evelyn Mock. And today we have our special guest, Samantha Sun. Yay! Stripper, dancer, model. <laughs> Everything. Circus performer. <laughs> and when I say stripper, that's what she asked me to introduce her as, Evelyn. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Evelyn came late today, and I asked Samantha before recording, what would you like me to introduce you as? And she said, yeah, stripper, dancer, circus performer, power lifter. <laughs> yeah, that, Are you a power lifter? Last... No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you go, you lift weights. Though. I do lift weights. I just came back from lifting weights, actually. Okay, so not power lifter. The stripper, dancer, circus performer. Let's stick with that. And But e- you're you're ill today as well. Like Samantha came in with a tissue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you still went weightlifting. Well, it's just because like, I've been just like hibernating in my room for the past three days, like binge reading Naruto. So I figured today <laughs> I'll get up and... You know, try to be human. Yeah. Her first uh, anime geek, manga geek. Is this the first one you've had on the show? Yeah. yeah. Really? First weeb. That's really uh, sad weeb. to me. <laughs> I'm so proud to be a weeb. I yes, you should be proud of whatever what you is- like, right? Well, I just, like, find people who aren't nerdy in some way fucking boring. Yeah. Because I'm like, you have nothing that you're, like, crazy about. Fuck you. Like, suck what you're passionate about. Yeah. This is my passion. Equipment. <laughs> exactly i love people who are kind of nerdy yeah so. thank you we'll get along samantha it's gonna be great what are you we nerdy won't. about no i'm kidding <laughs> what are you nerdy uh, about evelyn uh, comedy yeah i'm nerdy about comedy that's a cop out that's a job you can't you need to be nerdy well about something that's I, no i made i made my nerdiness my job i guess okay which okay, is okay. well that's the thing because now it's it feels like a cop out because i actually do the do the thing but i guess baking maybe then I think cooking, cooking in general, yeah. Food. Food. But it's weird to be nerdy about food because that's what ev- like everybody eats. But not everyone cooks. Yes. No, that's true. And Evelyn's a great cook. I bet. You don't want to see her when you're cutting. <laughs> what? <laughs> 1,400 oh, calories? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. Like, like, like two crispy pork slices, you know? <laughs> I know, it's so sad. I'm always trying to figure out, okay, what do, what do I take out from this delicious meal to make it fit my calories? Uh, it's always... Rice? Oh, I, some, yeah, I still eat rice but I don't eat bread or pasta like I don't I don't know I yeah. just don't really care about yeah why pasta. eat an inferior carb <laughs> exactly right <laughs> what is weeb what is that weeb mean? is just I guess I don't know I my guess understanding is someone who's into like the anime Asian oh, things so yeah lucky. somebody like really Hawaii. stands it you know what I mean yeah stands I mean, you're explaining a concept a young person concept <laughs> and another young person concept when I explain to Evelyn what stan is yeah yeah <laughs> I recently learned what that means yeah I mean I can only describe stan in like k-pop terms so like 
it's one thing to like a K-pop band. It's yeah. another thing to travel around the world and follow them for their tours oh. and to know every detail of their lives. That's like, weird. Like what people did with Fish. <laughs> what? The band Fish. Please don't <laughs> do references from the 80s, Evelyn, please. I think this is the 70s. <laughs> this is the, the, our youngest guest here. You're talking about Fish, the dad rock band. <laughs> it's like people follow Fish around the ocean, around the world. Since when? No, fish the band. You, you, you even know the band. I've heard of them. Oh yeah, cheesy as the, the American dad rock, twenty minute, twenty minute guitar solos type, and then it's just dads jamming out. It's yeah. actually the same thing. They got high. They got ripped. Followed fish around the country. I, nobody says I stand fish. <laughs> All right. Oh no! I'm so old. Stan comes from the combination of the words stalker and fan, right? Oh, oh my god! I didn't even know that. Port- portmanteau. Oh my god! I just, Urban dictionary it. What does portmanteau mean? It means combination of two words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just shooting um, at the wrong wavelengths here. Yeah, people. just learning so much in this. Um, Samantha, I actually want to ask you about the stripper part because that's definitely what caught my attention. I mean, okay. that, that, everybody wants to ask that. Of course. <laughs> Who cares about your circus performing career? Exactly. God. <laughs> Which one started first? The circus? Stripping. The stripping. Yeah. And why did you get into that? Money. Here, was it here you started? <laughs> yeah. See, that's such I- a refreshing answer. A lot of us. That's like we, the most typical answer. We isn't do it? things for money. I'll be like, nah. I just had a real, have real passion for fishing. You know. <laughs> I mean, I know some oh, girls who literally who will do it for free, and I'm like, hey, whatever, not on me. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's just for money. I just figured I'm done slaving away for ten an hour. Fuck that. Yeah, and I'm not gonna look. I will. I mean, I'm Asian, so I will look like this forever. But you won't. You don't. <laughs> like I was 19 at the time. Do you know yeah, what I mean? So I yeah. was just like. 19 years old young dumb and full of cum and it was just so easy and it was so much fun and it was so worth it Wait, and it was great stripping is easy well no stripping is not easy but it just was easier for me than getting a real job a real job and i put quotation marks because stripping is a real job probably more so than a lot of other jobs well it's now nowadays it's actually become more respectable or less kind taboo, of. Right? i wish it was less mainstream because i'm tired of seeing basic bitches coming into the club. <laughs> i don't i don't i was a baby stripper and i don't like other baby strippers a so baby stripper yeah, i don't like them what does that mean just young no, I mean, you can be a baby stripper in 30, just someone who's like never done it before and just waltzes in the club. And like, there's like a pecking order when it <gasps> comes to this kind of thing. Oh my God. And it's, you know, you can't just waltz in and fuck it all up because mainly you won't survive. You need comrades in that kind of like battleground scenario. So the pecking order is basically, I guess it's- The pecking a- order is the person who makes the most money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's top dog. She gets the best shifts. She does not get called out for whatever um, by the agency or the club owners. People let her do whatever she wants. She's got tons of other customers. By the way, you would think that, you know, youngest and like brightest, whatever. No, no, no. Those are not the people who make the most money. The people who make the most money in my club was this 45-year-old Brazilian woman. And she just... I think it just felt real to all the customers who were like 60 and above, which was like kind of our, you know, demographic. So she just made more money. Yeah. Because all those guys just couldn't relate to me. 
Yeah. Ah. I stand BTS. What? Exactly. <laughs> it was impossible. Have you read Naruto as you're grinding on him? Do you do that? <laughs> no, I used to do that with like Game of Thrones if because it was on at the time. Uh, so no. what would you do? You would dress up as one of the characters? Or? No, 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 no. I would be giving lap dances and then like just asking them about their Game of Thrones theories and I'd be like, if you give me more money, I'll keep listening. And That's so funny. Did that work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. But it's fascinating, as you say, because the so the older, more mature woman just earned more money because yeah, because they're she not, just they're, had more experience. That and, and their brains aren't just full of crap. I yeah, think a lot of girls like under thirty, even like thirty up to thirty five. Yeah, it, their brains are just full of crap. It's yeah. they get too drunk at work, they're too worried about X Y Z, and the girls who are like over that age have kids and or trying to like switch careers or busy getting another degree or funding a business they don't have time to waste yeah they just go in and get their money and yeah walk out and I'll, so would you say that it's a lot about connection well yeah i mean it has nothing to, i always tell people this it has nothing to do with how hot you are mm. how educated you are how well spoken you are how sexy you are it has nothing to do with that Stripping, good strippers, people who are good at this job and make the most money are people who know how they make others feel. They make other people feel really good around them. Yeah. And that's how they make their money. Yeah. That's just how you make people feel. So people who are a little, girls who are a little older have just been around longer. So they just yeah. know what that's like. Yeah. Wow. That's so fascinating because I feel like the perf, it, from the sounds of it, like the quote unquote perfect stripper would be like something between. Like you're a mom, your mom that you want to have sex with. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's all very Freudian. I would, yeah. I would still say you need some level of physical attractiveness, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That's yeah. the want to have sex with part. Like uh, the, But it's still like... I like to call us therapists in bikinis. That's kind of what we are. <laughs> yeah. and I, That's great. That's how I'm going to justify it now. I'm going to therapy. I just go to the strip club. When we asked you to get therapy, Nigel, we didn't mean go. No. But like, imagine how many more people would go to therapy if like it was advertised as your therapist is also going to put on a bikini. Yeah, I'll go now. Fuck Pay the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's that's interesting because in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's reinforcing this kind of gender division. But then again, like with like when it comes to feminism. There is a thing of you're owning your body and you're you're using it as a means of getting what you want. I think there's two. As well. I mean, there's really there's three arguments here. One, the one is that you are accused and and rightly so of being complicit in the hypersexualization um, of women, and you know you are in this sort of gender normative. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that whole fucking thing, <laughs> and then. But then I think the more important argument here is, well, A, that's going to happen to me anyway. Whether I like it or not, I'm getting paid for that. And then two is that women who do this tend to be more often than not, as long as they're not trafficked, which is also a problem. That's a separate conversation, though. But most women who do this have decided to, and it's of their own agency, and it's not really against their will. And they actually have control over how they're being seen. So they are actually like harnessing this, you know, this power of like, being a sexual object to make money and do whatever they want with their lives and then also have like and not have to work a day job and all this stuff so yeah it's yes. a really complicated issue and i think um, i basically just don't really care what other people think i'm just gonna do what i'm gonna do yeah yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah you need to monetize men's horniness 
Why not? It's less their horniness and more like their like deep sense of existential dread and loneliness <laughs> that I capitalize off of. Wow, that is dark. Stripping is dark. <laughs> really, nobody just goes there because they're they're horny. Everybody goes there because they have this existential dread and. No, people go there probably because they're horny. But you could be watching porn. Do you know what I mean? They go there for the human contact. Yeah, it's mm. fun. It's addictive. I know it is. That's why girls have regulars. So so how did you um, get into it? Like, how did you find it? I mean, I just used to live in like, I used to live in Hoxton, mm-hmm. which there's a ton of strip clubs in East London. And they're strip pubs, so they're a little easier to work in. The strip, strip clubs, pubs. there's what a diff- difference. There's a very, very kind of English thing. I think the only American kind of like parallel I can draw is like the difference between a titty bar and like an actual strip club. But like a strip club in Mayfair will have like velvet curtains and seats and it's all very expensive and you have to work with like 50 other girls. It's it, I have to pay a house fee to work. So for example, strippers don't earn a wage. I have to pay the club every single day I'm there, right? So it's a gamble. You don't go in knowing if you're going to make money. Oh, but then you keep everything you get. No, no, no. You give the club 50%. <laughs> 50%? Yes. And a, yes. And a day rate. Yes. Uh, or a wow. higher sort of higher fee. I mean that is that's pretty standard I'd say. Oh. So but even in the strip pubs it's like that. But I found working in the strip pubs easier because mm-hmm. you it's just a more relaxed environment. I'm not being told what to wear. I can wear whatever I want. Um I'm not working with as many girls, so at the most there'll be 15 girls on the floor which is doable. So you're not constantly competing. Um it's just a little bit more relaxed the environment. And so, because when you say strip pub, I just imagine it's like, you know, a regular pub and... Kind of. But you just walk around and there's strippers there. Yeah, pretty much. Really? That's kind of what it's like. There's Sometimes there's a stage with a pole, but sometimes there isn't. And it's just a little bit more relaxed because people can like come watch football or whatever. And so, and so is it that they... Um, they ask you to perform for them personally then. Yeah, like you give a lap dance, you still get paid to be on stage and da-da-da-da-da, but I just find working there a little bit easier. Mm. Also, again, being Asian helps because you very rarely see that in those kind of environments. Yes, so I was going to say, Asian is such a rare... Uh, like ethnicity really in yeah. stripping oh. yeah. i'm writing a script and uh <laughs> i was i actually made the best friend a stripper in it right but i don't know that much about stripping here so it's really interesting to have this conversation Emily's just doing you. research now perfect well it's really interesting yeah what's the main way you make money from dancing performing. on stage performing wait are you talking about stripping or in general in stripping stripping then we can talk about general stuff I was still no okay you make your main money for me i made my main money selling lap dances some girls are way better at this than me and they can sell vips but i find it very difficult to convince someone to spend half an hour with me for 200 pounds while I do nothing. <laughs> it's really hard to sell because there's some clubs that won't let you touch either. So I'm like, well, you can just pay 200 pounds and we can continue this conversation. That's kind of what it's like. If yeah. you can't touch, then what's the lap dance then? What, what do That's you do? the thing. The laws here are really, really strict. But depending on the club you work for, they've either paid off the council or they just don't give a shit and you can touch. Like, this is the thing. I didn't get into this job thinking no one was ever going to touch me. I would prefer it to be allowed so that I could charge more. Because I look mm-hmm. the way I do and I was like the only one who's 19, only one who's Asian. And I put a lot of effort into like the makeup so i just i just looked really good (laughs) at the club so i could command things like listen if you want a 20 pound lap dance where you can touch someone's coochie fine you can go to her over there but that's never going to happen with me you got to pay double if you want to like lay a finger on me and they always did and it was fine you got to price yourself high value yourself 
So is it um, being Asian uh, as a stripper, like, would you, f- did you ever feel like you were being objectified? What do you from- mean? Like the whole time? Yeah, of course. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah. Of course. I but guess. again, it's like, it's different from when I'm walking down the street and I have no control of that. And mm-hmm. then someone screams knee how at me, um, <laughs> which happens every single day, might I add. But in a strip club, I get to be like, okay, I'm going to be that person now. Mm-hmm watch me become miss saigon like it's fine <laughs> and it's it's so it's a little bit i find it's just so much easier to deal with because i've decided to be that person yeah so i have agency over that and it's okay with me yeah if you would like to live out your yellow fever dreams that's fine by me this is fascinating i think because and i think that this is um an indication of like generational differences even though we're not super far apart but like 10 years apart we're a decade apart but it is like for me i grew up when that shift was happening right so it went from like feminists and then militant feminism and then like third wave feminism and then like now with the young people coming up now like it's so accessible and it's so open and we have like cardi b and we have Nicki minaj and like mm-hmm. these these kind of stars amber rose and and black china that have made their money and then the Kardashians even that have made their money from a lot from monetizing their body. Mm -hmm. And it's so fascinating to see that this is an active choice now that young women make, because I think for women who I'm late eighties, so it was just still kind of taboo or still kind of, we were made to believe that, if we were to do that, we would have to feel shame or it wasn't our choice. We'd somehow been swindled into it, kind of. Um, but yeah, it's such a fascinating, fascinating thing to, and I sound old now, probably. No, it's okay. I think people today still have that. I meet so no, many. you do, Evelyn. Evelyn does. Yeah, I sound old now. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. But, but yeah, people do they still, still have, some of them still have these preconceived na- notions. Like, what about your parents? Oh my God. I mean... I've never really like said it out loud, but they've kind of accepted it because now here's the thing, right? So this is the hard thing I have time reconciling within myself is the fact that they are only okay with this. My whole family is okay with me being the way I am because the rest of my life is squeaky clean. I went to school, I got a degree, I did that whole thing. I support myself and I'm really nice to like my little cousins. <laughs> I call my fucking grandma and my great aunties and my extended family. I'm really good to them. Like the, I think what is the, the Cantonese word for it is baymin, like you show face. Baymin, yeah. Yep. yep, so I do that. Guai Yes, I'm a very guai Like Very, very good. I'm a good girl. So they are all kind of okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> That doesn't mean that the people who aren't like that doesn't make them like any less valid. And I realize this because I think I had a lot of internalized issues with the fact that I just don't like messy people that much, especially if they're too close to me. I'm like, whoa, your problem suddenly became my problem. Yeah. I don't fucking like that. As I get older, it's so much easier to be like, that's still just your problem. Don't get it close to me. And I kind of accept that it's your basic human right to be a mess if you so please, if you want to be. And if being a mess is also, you know, intertwined with you being like a professional whore, that's that's your prerogative. And I, it really doesn't make me any better that I have a squeaky clean life outside of all this. Yeah, I, I don't view stripping as being a mess, <laughs> but people do. No, saying. people do. And I mean, people don't realize, I think girls end up stripping because their lives are already a mess and stripping is a way to clean up your life. 
stripping is a way to if you are good at it you have to you still have to cooperate with the club it's still a job you still have to go into work you still have to like prepare yeah you need to be a professional yeah Yeah. the payoff is so much more if you're good at it and it's Mm -hmm. the right time and you're lucky and you can really build your life back up from sex work and people see it the opposite way they think that you go into sex work and then suddenly you become a mess it's the other way around people do it they're already Mm -hmm. messes and then they come into sex work and that's how they clean up their lives i guess it is that thing where there's like a moral view that's been laden on something like this uh, which gives it an unfair kind of I mean, people just reputation. fucking hate women, so yeah, that's just exactly. what it really yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess my generation was still part of that. And we are like the coming out of it. We were the generation coming out of it, but uh, part of that, which was like internalized misogyny and stuff. A lot of people stare at girls who do this and they're like, how fucking dare you turn the tables kind of thing. <laughs> and it's like, well, what else is I supposed to do? Yeah, they're threatened by your power. Yes, that's yeah. what it is. Do you yeah. think male strippers get the same stigma? No. I don't think people care about male strippers. <laughs> they just laugh at them. <laughs> They're no. funny. Like, yeah. They're like sock and swinging it around. I mean, put it this way. Magic Mike is a thing. Yeah. You, have to go to, you have to go see that on Broadway. Or yeah. you see it in like the West End. Those guys aren't strippers. They're professional dancers. Yeah. Male strippers also don't get censored on Instagram as much. Uh, really yeah especially if they're hetero if they're like straight uh, and then it's fine i mean gay people totally different story gay men yeah totally getting censored left yeah. right and center yeah and when you say censored what like when they po- post very revealing photos of themselves yeah so i mean like you know me posting a picture that is for the male gaze in a very sort of supine pose <laughs> will be much like more likely to be banned or shadow banned than the same thing coming from a guy uh, even if you don't show like the full exposed breasts and everything even if it's just a pose it depends on the person it, yeah and uh, it's more the evocation what people presume that you're trying to evoke i think uh, I that like i'm in a gender studies class <laughs> i know i'm very sorry Did you study this that? evelyn <laughs> in uni I'm uh, having to face my own internalized stuff. So it's this is fascinating. I mean, I just hate lecturing people on this sort of thing. Whatever. Just be yeah, a slut. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry. okay. No, just be a slut. Do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. it's not hurting me, I really don't care what it is you do with your life. It's fine. And that's just how I view everybody now. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> so what, how do you, like today's kind of workspace as a stripper, is it that you have to build yourself, do you build yourself as a brand? You can if you want to. I'm friends with a lot of people who um, have done really well on their social media followings. So they don't necessarily have to do all their hustling at the club. You know, people are willing to pay them for just their time, their information, interviews, promoting, I don't know, I guess, stripper heels, that kind of thing. It's still pretty standard. You walk into a club, you go for an audition. If they say yes, well, you go in for your first shift and that's it. There you go. No one's going to teach you how to hustle. No one's going to teach you how to do sales. No one's going to teach you how to do a lap dance or pole dance. You figure that all out as you go. It's kind of like comedy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty much exactly the same as comedy. Yeah. We but have it, to pay a venue fee also. Yeah. Put on your own show. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think comedy sometimes is worse because you're you're more naked than we are on stage. Uh, more vulnerable. Yeah. And there's a difference between nude and naked, as I learned mm. in art school. I think I think strippers are nude on stage. Being nude is a costume that they wear. Mm-hmm. It's like something that you become. Whereas you, when you're naked, you're like, ah, I'm fucking naked. And yeah, it's very vulnerable. 
So I do see parallels between the two. I mean, it's a performance. That's what it is. All of it is all performance art. The yeah. whole thing. Yeah. And we manipulate how people feel. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have a stripper name? Yeah. What is it? You're going to laugh. Yeah. Jade. Dragon? Well, no, just Jade. Jade. <laughs> Jade. <laughs> Jade that was what I named my character. Jade that was, Dragon? That was her stripper name. Yeah. Well, mine yeah. was Jade because I just thought, well, if everyone else can be Amber and Diamond... I'm going to be Jade. Yes. Yeah. Why would a stripper name herself a dragon? That turns people on, I'm sure. I know, but like, you know, just to play into that idea of the uh, Asian. Yeah, but not dragon. Type. It's very masculine, right? <laughs> Jade is nice. Are you afraid that she's going to bite your dick off? Yeah, I'm afraid it's going to spit fire onto my penis. <laughs> I mean, penis. I've got a dragon tattoo, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's hot. But having a name as Dragon, that's, uh, that's not hot. That sounds like a football team. <laughs> the Jade Dragons. <laughs> All female the Jade football Dragons. Team. <laughs> I don't want uh, a lap dance from Jade Dragons. Jade Dragons is <laughs> also a bit too like long. You have to keep it to two syllables or uh, less because otherwise uh, people are going to forget. I named true. her, uh, She her name is Sue, and then I just named her Sue Nami instead. <laughs> <laughs> so lame. It's really bad, yeah. <laughs> Lame. That's the point. I love That's it. the point. Refresh your script. Who's gonna commission that? <laughs> a stripper named Tsunami. I was like really considering having like some kind of like crazy Japanese name, but uh. I was like, mm, you know, what? maybe not. Are you gonna have like a like a ginger stripper called Forest Fires? You know, just what do you mean Forest Fires? After natural disasters. All right, oh. earthquake. Are you gonna have a stripper named Earthquake? It's a pun on her name and what happened in Asia. Um, <laughs> so I just thought, yeah. Well, Fukushima, just... are you going to have one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What other natural disasters? Bird flu? <laughs> oh my God, sorry. It needs to be a pun. Sars. It needs to be a pun, Yeah, but, but Jade is good. If I, I, if good. I went to a strip club <laughs> and I see a Jade there, it's nice. It's a good name. And people don't really, really question it because I think English people are named Jade a lot anyway. Yeah, yeah it's a common name too. But That's it true. has a bit more meaning if an Asian has it because it's a... It's a, it's a what was it's nice cool. is that because it's, a, I think, a little bit more subtle, if you're not actually Asian, you don't put two and two together. Yeah. It doesn't occur to you that that would just be... It's just like a random name I picked. Um, but the couple times that there have been Asians in... And, and, and some people who are like just a little bit more t- like turned on... They do notice that connection. They're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. My grandma had a jade bracelet. Asians, we love jade. All grandmas have My grandma still, she's wearing a jade bracelet right now. Yeah. My grandma would be too if she weren't dead. So. (laughs) No, she probably got buried in it. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, with it. True, true, true. She probably did. It never comes off. It's like they just shove it on and then it's there forever. Oh, yeah. And it protects you. They can't take it off. They can't take it off, right? And if it breaks, it's because an evil spirit has tried to... No, if it breaks, they know something bad has happened. Uh, Like every Asian TV show, something bad happens, a jewelry necklace gets torn off. Oh, shit. And then some relative dies miles away. (laughs) They sent something. I don't want to attract all this terrible energy to me, so I don't really wear jewelry that's like ominous. (laughs) I don't want to know. If it's happening, fine, but I don't want to know. It's supposed to protect you. I think I'll protect you. <laughs> Maybe one day. Wait, I think it might be a thing that happens when you get older. Older women are just like, okay, it's time. Yeah, yeah. Let's They're call like, uh, on the powers. That the de- <laughs> yeah, death is coming. Put on the jade bracelet. Uh, Give me a few extra years. Um, so you're using that to advantage, right? Using the male gaze to advantage. I would say you probably also use people's yellow fever to advantage, right? Do, do yeah. you get off clients? 
with yellow fevers? Yeah, I mean, most I think most people try to be a little bit less obvious about it. <laughs> How, what do they do to hide it? How I don't know. Sometimes they just like to like share their knowledge of random, vague Asian oh, facts. I know how to yeah. use chopsticks. No, but it's like <laughs> with a dude, it's always like if you're talking to somebody and you're noticing that they're interested, you're like, okay. And then they'll just be like, oh, I... I actually, I did an exchange year in China. <laughs> and it's like, you're like, okay. okay. Oh my God, this is hilarious. I did a baby shower. <laughs> so this is the thing. Wait, when you stripped out a baby shower? I stripped out a baby who shower. Who gets a stripper at a baby shower? Men. That's who. When? Was it a male baby shower? Yes. This was hilarious. I just want to point out that. This is so funny. I just, I, every now and I don't hate men. Okay. I really don't. <laughs> And part of the reason why I don't hate men is because they do hilarious shit like this. All the events that happen in their lives are just excuses to hire a stripper. That's so funny. <laughs> that is so funny. Stag do, stripper. Yeah. Birthday, stripper. stripper. Jesus's birthday, stripper. Like, yeah. Funeral, <laughs> stripper. Just a stripper every time. It's just so great. So these guys, obviously one of them was like slated to be a dad at some point. Um... And these guys were all like fucking loaded. They, I think half of them were architects, half of them were whatever. They were all expats from Hong Kong as well. So it's just a bunch of white dudes oh. from separate parts of the world. They all met in uni and they grew up in Hong Kong. Do they speak any Cantonese? No, no but whatever. Um, so I'm giving a lap dance to one of these guys. He's one of the quieter ones. And then he like whispers in my ear. He goes, my first girlfriend was Chinese. <laughs> And I was like, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Let me continue. Ooh, cringe. Oh, no, Ooh. but it's okay, though. I was it's like, okay. okay, do I look like her? <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, you're like, for an extra 20 pounds, I'll talk like her. <laughs> yeah. I'll do the accent. But that's, it's those little things, right? And I, that it really doesn't bother me. It's okay. And it's fine. The whole point is that this is a fantasy. Let me play into it. That's okay. <laughs> but what about if you're if you're not doing your job and it's just like, every day you know when when you're off off work yeah i mean again i just try every time it happens to me i'm like how do i turn this shit around so that i can profit off of it because i'm that's all my brain thinks about is how do i make this benefit me i'm like like a super villain in in like a manga basically that's what i'm like you're like nigel yeah. you start an only fans account you well, have that? God, see, I I just would, but I'm like, then I have to take pictures. Then I have to take yeah. time out of my day to do that. Yeah, but you get money from, from working from home, though. Not well, always. No? Not always. OnlyFans, listen, all this online stuff where you sell shit, cam girls, they can make money, but I think OnlyFans is probably only okay if you've got a really big following and, again, you're a gay man. Oh, really? Yeah, gay men pay lots of money for lots of ridiculous shit. <laughs> But what about like... Hey, listen, if you support our Patreon, Samantha, we'll support your OnlyFans. Oh, thanks. How about that? Support our Patreon and we'll support your OnlyFans. That's all I'm trying to say, Samantha. Could you... You could be on Patreon, actually. No, Patreon with adult, adult related stuff oh, is, is tricky. Really? It's tough. And also, I'm really not that good of a content maker because, again, I'm doing stuff live on stage. Yeah. And I also don't just spend all my time doing that i'm constantly at the gym and i'm constant i'm like i have friends i have a social life i have to keep up with my family i do all these other things and i also have to run like my business basically and do all the fucking admin that comes with that shit so 
I don't want to be filming myself doing that stuff all the time. I do think there is like a certain level of things that I like to keep sacred. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it, social media, very similar to how you use your sexual power. It's only useful if you know how to control it. And I feel like me filming myself doing fucking everything and putting it out there and hopefully profiting off of it is closer to losing control for me than it would be to having any agency over it. You're so great. Yeah. That's great. Great justification. You've thought this through and I think it's very true. Like people who give themselves to social media because essentially it is a character and if you can't uh, detach yourself from it, eventually at a point it's going to own you more than you're going to be able to own it. I spend a lot of my time like self-reflecting again in my own existential dread. So like I, I feel like spending all my time in front of a camera just means I've spent all my time for like the gaze of somebody else and i would i do value my privacy at the end of the day a lot so all my off time when i'm not performing and i'm not sort of you know pretending to be the best version of myself in this fantasy girl who does amazing things and lives a great life and is blah 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 i just want to keep those moments to myself and mm. i need quite a lot of that recharge time in order for me to do that every friday saturday night fair enough so yeah I mean, maybe one day, maybe one day. I, and I'm an artist at the end of the day, right? So it comes out, my creativity comes out in multiple forms. What are some of the other forms? I'm a painter. I sew all my own costumes. Mm-hmm. I love makeup and I dance and do aerial and all this stuff, right? So like it comes out in many different forms. One of the forms it does not come out in is film. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just not, so, it's, it's not fun for me. And so because it's not fun, I would never be able to make something very sustainable. Yeah. If I had an account somewhere, I'd just be like, okay, well, here's your one video for the next six months. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so you do aerial. Is that like, is that the circus performance? Yeah. That you, so that you that's do? if me, if I'm not hanging out on a pole, I'm hanging out on a, in a circle, <laughs> in a giant circle in the air. Is that, is that trapeze? Is this the same? There's trapeze. There's silks. The, yes, there's silks. Mm. Straps. That's the wheel on the, but on the floor, the sir wheel. Oh God, I'm, that's not ever happening for me, but yeah. That's beautiful. I, love, it's I think that's my favorite thing in a, cir- in a circus show. It's fucking sick, but uh-huh. I, again, it's not, it's just not very like flexible because it's so big and it requires such a large stage. Very few venues can do it. So in oh. my opinion, it's not very cost effective. I had a, an acquaintance who got into Ariel and he is super fit. Like that's probably why you stay so fit because it demands every muscle from you yeah. to yeah. do that. Otherwise you die. So people always people always like remind me of this and it never even occurs to me because I don't fall. <laughs> you, you surely you must have fallen. Yeah, in training, before. but you don't fall as a performer. It comes it's so second nature, doesn't you don't uh yeah, it's practice, right? Yeah, and I mean you don't take risks in the middle of a performance. True. You take risks when you're performing, like, or when you're training with, um, like, a mat under you and someone to watch you. You don't take a risk in a performance. And also, people don't realize you've watched this person perform for, like, let's say, a two to five minute set. There is not that much I can do in a two to five minute set unless I'm literally going through the entire repertoire, one to, like, a thousand, and doing it one by one really, really fast. So much of being in the air and being doing pole or aerial or any kind of silks is... A lot of like really beautiful time wasting while you're spinning around in the air. You're just holding a pose and it's gorgeous and it really isn't that hard. And then you transition into the next one and that has already taken up like a whole 20 seconds. 
Ah, beautiful time wasting. That's why I call it circus. Mm. I like. Yeah, it. <laughs> a lot of it is beautiful time wasting. People don't realize this. Yeah, I I realize this, but I, I admire it. I like looking at a nice straight handstand. Mm, that's good. <laughs> the, the, the Chinese pole. You do yeah, that? no. So Chinese pole is so different from regular pole. I think Chinese oh. pole they use like silicone to coat it. Oh. So the pole is like rubber. It grips. Yeah. Which means you wear clothes with it. I think for Chinese pole, you actually have to be stronger because you can't just go in the pole and like do a really nice twerk and like be sexy. <laughs> it's not really the point. Yeah, it's more like scary looking stunts. Yeah, like they like human flag and like do all this oh, crazy human flag. Yeah, yeah. human so, flag is when you grab yeah. two hands on the pole and then just, stretch your legs horizontally. Yeah, and then stiff out. Like and then a, they'll hang yeah. upside down just with their legs and then fall. And then yeah. before hitting the ground, they just grab with their legs again. I mean, there are some strippers Ooh. out there who do that incredible stuff, but like... In a club! Yeah, if the pole's high enough, but... Oh my god, that's not arousing though. <laughs> no, it's true, but some strippers are incredible. And like, the, the the whole point is that you have a variety of people who are performing at that one night, and you have some girls who are incredible pole dancers who do that crazy Jackie Chan shit, and then you have other fabulous, beautiful time wasters. <laughs> <laughs> and then people who are really good, I think, are the ones in between. Uh, they are the most fun to watch. Which one are you? I'd like to think I'm the one in between because I can do moves. I can do some cool you moves. Human flag? No, not yet. <laughs> can, I'm not I that strong yet. Um, so it's a calisthenics move. Yeah. Right? I, I do really well with more of the flexible stuff. Mm. So anything that requires you to split, fine. But like some of the stuff that's like pure strength and balance, I don't quite have that yet. But I've got lots of the nice, like, time-wasting, like, ooh, she can flow. That's so nice. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> If I went to a strip club and someone did a human flag, <laughs> would you pri- lose pri- private dance for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. exactly how you do I, it. I, I, because I, I like this calisthenics. I do some basic level calisthenics stuff, trying working towards a muscle up. So there's this yeah. one girl. Her name is, uh, her stripper name is Pantera. And she's so fit. She's like, I thought she was Indian for a second, but apparently she's Spanish. But she's like so fit and she's tiny. She's got abs. And she tried to ask these group of dudes who I think were like in the army, whatever, for lap dance. They said no. She goes up on stage, does her stage dance, and then does like 10 or 15 perfect push-ups, like press-ups, perfect, like fucking nose to the ground, full plank. Every single one of those guys got a lap dance with her after. Oh. <laughs> so it's actually worth doing. It's worth, you know, yeah. flexing on stage. Right. I'm going to go see Pantera after this. <laughs> Where does she work? Tell me. Nags head. Nags head. Yeah. Okay. Does she have Instagram? Um, no. <laughs> okay. I'll go find her. No. Do a human flag. Yeah. <laughs> on your penis. <laughs> Not big enough. Hey! <laughs> I'm part of a really fabulous, you saw the show, um, cabaret group called The Bitten Peach. Yeah. And they just like, were like, I'm tired of seeing white girls with like dyed black hair, black wigs, put chopsticks in their hair and wear like a fucking bathrobe and call themselves, a, you know, geisha. We're done with that. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. And it's so nice because like for so long, I think and this is a really like Western, um, we call it CBC, like Canadian born Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a very westernized Asian experience of having to not act Asian for yeah. so long and actively do that. And then to finally be the kind of person who can be like, nah, man, fuck that. I'm all about it. Act Asian everywhere. Yeah. 
I squat on the street. That's what right? I do. While I'm waiting for the bus, I just squat and I'm like, smoke. I don't care anymore. I'm taking my shoes off everywhere I go. Yep. And yeah. I'm bringing oranges to people's houses. I'm bringing livestock yeah. on the tube. <laughs> <laughs> a live chicken. Nobody sits next to you. They give you their, your they space. They do, yeah. They just leave. Everywhere you go. Livestock. Yeah. Um, it's my support animal. You can't stop me. This that's chicken. That's so funny, Nigel. Reduces my anxiety. That's really funny. Your your therapy animal so is a you're, live you're chicken. Wife, you get to have a dog. How is that fair? <laughs> this chicken that I'm gonna slaughter in two hours <laughs> relieves me of my, of my anxiety. Okay, it's my friend. I call him Daniel. It's like when I was like a kid, I couldn't understand. I couldn't like understand why people thought it was gross that like so Chinese barbecue duck and chicken and mm. pork is all hanging out in a window, and they always thought this was gross. And I couldn't explain to my white friends that I'm like. What are you talking about? It's not gross. This is where meat comes from. It's a commodity. Chinese people want to see what they're getting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if you give me the wrong chicken? I want that fat chicken yeah, right over we there. Yeah. It. We yeah, pick the exactly. fish you want to cook. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Don't they, hide your meat. We want to see it. Yeah. Because we're paying money for it. So I better be able to see it before you, you cook it and make it disappear from my eyes. So that's what, I mean, I didn't know how to explain to like all my friends at the this time is, that that's what it was like. This is why when China takes over they're going to rule for a very long time because <laughs> nothing will kind of phase a Chinese person because we've watched everything. We know. We confront we, watch, the, we confront the realness. We watch that butcher knife just cut into the duck's neck <laughs> and we love it. But yeah, it, I, I find meat here in the Western world is so impersonal. It's the, so processed and then yeah, people are like... A, the fish is a square. No head, no tail, no fins. Fish oh, and chips yeah, yeah, yeah. Block. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? I mean, I say this. I still don't like it when you go to a Chinese banquet and they serve you. What's that like yellow chicken? That's it's like corn-fed chicken, or I know what you're talking about. I, it's thin, drunk chicken, or something. I I don't know. They the way soy chicken. Well, the way they cook it is when they like they don't boil it, but they like. Poach dip. it. Yeah, they dip it in a pot. Oh, you mean of water. like white cut chicken? Yeah. Hainanese uh, chicken. Yes, basically that. So I still don't like it when they serve that to me with the stupid fucking head there. I don't <laughs> like that. And then like feng zhao, for example, feng I will never zhao, touch. Chicken feet. I will never fucking touch. I'm Why? like, that, I know it's so weird. It's in, <laughs> in the shape of a foot. I can't. What's this? What's so gross it's about so this? It's so funny you because you. You just said that you you, you didn't I, understand your white friends with the hanging meat in the window. Yeah, but now you're saying this. <laughs> this is the thing. So this is, is so funny. Exactly. So that. that's the whole like, I have to merge these two personalities in my head because I'm like, I was raised East Western, the, but West. I, I had to go to eat Chinese food and there's just still some stuff that I can't touch. <laughs> you're Chinese to a certain point. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I won't eat feet, all right? Is that, it good? That's my stripper name. I have chicken ne- feet. <laughs> That would be your stripper name. Chicken feet. I've Little never chicken had it. Feet. Magic chicken feet. Is it that's good? Right. <laughs> it depends. Sometimes they cook it well. The sauce is great. Then it's great. But sometimes it's sometimes it's not cooked. Do you? How well, do you it's eat not. around the nail bit? It's you, not no, the claw. It's not just. It's not that meaty. You just kind of suck yeah. it. There's only a little bit on it. It's anyway. too much. It's too much effort for very little payoff. I think. Yeah, I order it to scare my white friends. <laughs> okay. Yeah. To get like Asian street cred. Yeah. And they know Nigel's really Asian. Holy shit. Chicken feet? Oh my god. Yeah. And it's from his support chicken. <laughs> he cuts it off. I can't. I'm and just... eats it in front of his parents. <laughs> it's one of those things I'm like, what? nope, sorry. Can't do it. <laughs> it looks too much like a foot. <laughs> 
And that's the that's what I love about like Asian people. It's like nothing's wasted, even the the fish eye. Yeah, because we were all really poor, really yes. not that long ago. Yeah. Yes, that's why I'm surprised when your pa- Asian parents disapprove of stripping. It's great. It's a great way to make money. <laughs> exactly right. But you no, know? they. I mean, they have this. I think Asian parents have like a fantasy of what their kids are gonna be like. And Engineers. Yeah, and they're all gonna be <laughs> super rich. But like, they've a lot of them forget that kids are not robots they're also like people yeah yeah. and they forget that like you will never actually stick with doing something if you're not enjoying it yes but unless they just repress it and just there there are some asians who do something they that they can endure yeah but they just want like a stable life and they're happy in it that's basically our parents generation yeah and i think it's a very eastern way of thinking as well because it's about collectivism it's not about the individual so it's about the family you can totally get it right so it's kind of like yeah you have to endure it's not about you having fun yes if you think life is just about having fun all the time you're wrong right i still think that i mean no i don't totally too too but i i understand how a lot of us were raised and so i understand this like where this trauma comes from and why people act the way they do i think fun is overemphasized in the western world which is why evelyn stop doing improv (laughs) again with the improv (laughs) nah kidding yesterday he really hurt my feelings when improv improv. oh Oh, sorry evelyn I didn't want to hurt your feelings. It's interesting because you, when you lived in the States, you lived in Chicago. So you must have seen Second City, right? Uh, I've I've seen the people who take classes at Second City. (laughs) And I hate them. They're also white, middle class, and they value Uh, fun too much. That's the problem. They value fun too much. They're always so happy. I'm like, this is a craft. (laughs) Suffer. Be a sushi chef. Yeah. Neglect your kids and your wife. Yes, exactly. Ruin your relationships. If you really care about this, there shouldn't be smiles when you're doing it. I weirdly kind of agree. See? The weeb agrees. (laughs) The Gen Z person agrees. I weirdly agree. But that's because I'm very like... I. I'm I I have no problem suffering for art. Yeah, I'm suffering for art right now. Me I'm too. Sick all the time. Talking to you guys, man. <laughs> I'm literally sick all the fucking time because I don't sleep, and if I do sleep, it's at like four a.m. Oh. And like, what time do you wake up then? If, ten. Yeah, maybe ten. Oh, some day, some days I don't wake up till like one if I'm lucky. But I don't like doing that because then my day is gone and I don't get any yeah. sunlight and <laughs> I feel yeah. like a bit of a hermit. So I don't sleep. I don't get to take care of myself all the time. So I'm sick all the time. But like I don't care because like what I get to do is so much cooler than the yeah. alternative. So you could be you could be you could be an accountant. I would be making a lot of money. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I'd be making a lot of money, but I don't know that I would love my life as an accountant. Yeah, you you'll be comfortable, but something will be. I think for us, something will be missing in there. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna feel like a piece missing. It's like, oh, I need yeah. that creative flame. But this is where, like, if you if you've experienced freedom, it you something that you can't like go back on. Yeah, it's it's seductive. It's we- I mean, and it's so weird that my whole family totally understands this. Um, I think your family is of the generation where they probably secretly wanted to do something creative well i think part of it has to do with the fact that they were all also like hong kongers yeah right so they they understand what it's like to have to like flee because you think the chinese government is going to eat you basically (laughs) so they completely understand this concept so when i show my grandma my grandpa like pictures of like like hey papa like look at this picture of me like in the air she doesn't hate it she just goes well you need oh. your freedom like, she'll like yeah she'll just go something yeah. what is the chinese yeah, word good. it's dio right that's Sorry? freedom 
So she goes, well, is Cantonese. Yeah, she goes, you need your freedom and you have your reasons. And I was like, are you serious? Oh, so open-minded. But that's like, um, I think that's what my family have kind of done too. Because my parents were like, they basically gave up on me when I was like 15, I think. (laughs) That's (laughs) kind of early. Because they knew they were like, I was doing shit. Um, But they like they're like oh yeah you're you're a western child so you know your cousins your cousins are you know like going and doing that but you're a western child so you're gonna do western things that's <laughs> yeah, what basically. that's what they say yeah Just I mean, my parents were also raised yeah. in canada they moved when they were really oh young. so they were okay. like they moved there when my mom was 12 and my dad was like 18 years old oh. so they saw how other white parents raised their children and i don't think they raised me white i think they raised me really really asian but they i think my parents are just like a really different kind of breed of people they're also super fucking weird and like <laughs> like are they weebs too they i don't know if they can call them weebs they're just weird they're very dorky and they're they are hilarious they have a really good sense of humor um so they raised us in like like asian values in the sense where if you're gonna do something you better be fuck just be good at it yes. don't be bad yeah. just be yes. good at it yeah and don't That's, half-ass it. Yeah. I have a whole bit about it, you know? I'm happy to, for you to be a stripper. Just be a really good one. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So that they raised me with that, but then they also raised me with, like, on the other hand, this thing where it's like, you know, you have this drive to do something and to make yourself, yourself something, and I get that it's unconventional, but just go do it, honey. Yeah. They're so nice about it. It's great. If you are an Asian parent, Raise them like Samantha's parents. I tried. They tried so hard. But then, like, I'm also, like, super stressed out all the time because I'm like, ah, nothing's good enough. And then I'll Skype my mom being really stressed out, being like, I'm not making enough money. I'm not good enough at this yet. I'm not, like, ruling the world. And she goes, stop. And then she'll look at me and she'll be like, this was all my fault. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this was all my fault. <laughs> That's a good mom. Yeah. That's a good she mom. She looks at me and, like, the flashbacks of taking me to, like, 5,000 different extracurriculars, ballet, Chinese school, violin, piano, all this stuff starts coming back to her. And she goes, ah, oh, shit, I really fucked her up. Was she a tiger mom? Totally. Yeah. But, like, oh. I, I think I meshed really well with, like, tiger mom, um, like, dynamic because I also cannot be bored as a kid or oh. I'd fuck shit up. I'd be so, like, I'd have, like, this insatiable energy so she was like you are going to do everything so that when you come home you're already tired and you don't bother anyone that's so funny if she hadn't done that you would be a serial serial killer right now you'd be good at it too i think (laughs) like your third husband just died exactly so she was like you need to do ballet you need to do jazz and hip-hop you need to be in violin and piano we you need to go to chinese school even though it did nothing for you (laughs) you need to that was the only thing i was bad at as a kid Chinese, Chinese. it's because they fucked up they they put me in Cantonese for a while and I was like oh this is great and then they switched me at the age of 10 no, to Mandarin and I was like no. I don't know what I'm doing anymore and then I stopped and I was like I can't do this I'm stupid I had that too I switched to Mandarin in the middle like around 10 11 and it totally fucks you up yeah, yeah because your Cantonese isn't very good and yeah. then your Mandarin is non-existent yeah and I'm like, why did you guys do that? That was such a bad idea. Yeah. And also like the, they didn't really have, it wasn't accredited, I think. It was just like these Taiwanese women who were like, okay, we're going to start exactly. a Mandarin school. And then it was like in somebody's house in the basement. And then when it was food time, they'd made like, it was good though, Taiwanese pork belly. But it was like, you would just sit on the floor and eat with your friends. I was just so Nothing was Saturday regulated. mornings. And I'm like, this exactly. is prime Pokemon watching time. I cannot <laughs> believe you're dragging me out 
out to go to Chinese school right now. And all my other little Chinese friends knew it was prime Pokemon time. So we were all pissed. Yeah. When we were there. And then all the teachers, again, were these like old ass uncles. Yes. And aunties. And I was just like, they don't know anything about like Pokemon culture. I'm like, if you had just put on, if every morning they had just made us watch Pokemon but in Cantonese and Mandarin, I would have picked up so much more. That's really smart, actually. But they didn't do that. They tried to teach us like all these old 1960s like like Mando songs, like folk songs. And I was like, I'm not picking up anything. Evelyn knows one. <laughs> yeah, it's that one. Oh, it was actually that one. <laughs> yeah. It's that Asian auntie music. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Asian grandma music. I love it. Theresa you get Tang. PTSD flashbacks <laughs> <Yeah>. now. One hundred percent. You should strip to that. I would. Stripper pony one. People do burlesque. People do burlesque to that. Really? really? To that. Yes. Wow. People do burlesque to that. Wow. What do you have coming up? Just come find me every so often at the London Rain or Circus War. I'm usually there. Cirque du Soir. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Very cool. Want to go, Evelyn? I would Support love Samantha? To. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would love yeah. to come and watch. I'm also doing Torture Garden, which is like London's, I guess, biggest fetish ball on Valentine's. Wow. Because wow. I have no love life, so I spend <laughs> my Valentine's at fetish parties. Um, so yeah, I'm performing there. So yeah, you can come see me then. Very cool. Yeah, we'll go check you out, Samantha. Yeah. Where can we find you on social media, Samantha? So I'm uh, samantha.ssun on Instagram. And uh, otherwise, don't add me on Facebook and try finding me other places because I won't add you back. I, just, <laughs> I want, you know, as per our previous conversation, I do want my privacy, but you can find me on Instagram. Cool. It's great. <laughs> you can find the podcast on Instagram too, people, and Twitter at Rise to Meet You Pod. Yes. And me, find me at Mr. Nigel Ung, M R N I G E L N G. And I'm on uh, at Evelyn Mock, M O K. Yes. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming, Samantha. This thank has been you. a lovely, brilliant time. Okay, amazing. <laughs> yes, thank you, Jade. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Call me Chicken Feet. Call me Chicken Feet. I don't know that I can do Feng Zhao. <laughs> Feng Zhao. Hey, that's a nice name. That's my stripper name. If Chicken I'm in Hong feet. Kong. Feng Zhao. How would you dance? I would. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Again, we have a Patreon if you want to support us financially and show us some love. If you're not in a position to give, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and review. It takes 30 seconds and it really helps us out. And of course, tell your friends. See you next week.